I have a daughter. Well, I have two, but I'm only talking about one right now. Um, my daughter, Aaliyah, is almost seven years old. And she is in that room over there. And this summer, for Aaliyah, was a summer of learning. Everything. She decided, once school ended, that she was just going to trigger in on learning everything. And so she learned how to swim without a flotation device. And she learned how to do flips underwater. She learned how to uh, ride a bicycle. She learned reading French, and she learned to master new French words. She learned, um, wow, she learned a bunch of other things that... I was like, oh my goodness, this is a summer of learning for you. And I was so proud of her and I'm so excited and I actually learned something as a father that I take videos whenever I'm proud of my daughter. That's just what happens. All of a sudden my phone comes out and I'm taking videos and, and I realize every single time she's learning something new, I'm taking videos of this and it was very exciting. And there was, there was one day where we got out of the car at home and she said, Daddy, I'm going to learn to climb a tree. And if anybody knows Aaliyah, they know that she's a little cautious and a little scared of heights. Uh, a lot scared of heights. But she's going to climb the tree. And at my house, there is a tree um, in the middle of my front yard. And there's a, a limb that comes up about three feet and then it arches and it's just above my head, and it arches for about 10 feet. And this is the limb that she is going to climb. And so up she starts, and, and I know that as soon as she gets to here, she's going to realize that her head is higher than my head, and she's just going to lose it. It's just not going to go well. But that's okay, because it's the summer of learning, and so I am there as her spotter. I am there saying, no matter what you're afraid of, no matter what you're concerned of, I've got you. You can trust me. So I'm there as her spotter, and she's climbing up this, this beautiful tree. Well, it was beautiful when it was younger. Um, and, and she's climbing up, and she gets right to about here, and she koala bear hugs the tree just koala bit. Like, she's just like, oh, I'm so done! And she's totally losing it. She's afraid. She's screaming. And I'm just like, honey, I've got you. You are safe. You can trust me. I promise. I've got you. And she goes, okay. And she just tries to shimmy along. And I mean, this tree is very rough. And so it's starting to scrape her chest and her stomach. And she's just, she's determined. And finally she goes, can you get me down now? And I'm like, of course I can. And so I've got to pry her somehow off of this limb. I'm like, can you help a little? No. And I'm like, but it's okay. You can trust me. I've got you. I can carry you. You're not even 40 pounds yet. And so we eventually get her off and bring her down. And this has been an amazing summer for her. And uh, she found herself going out on a limb, trying something that she'd never done before. For me, I am also in the experience of going out on a limb. And I'm trying stuff that I've never done before. I've never planted a church before. It's not something that people often do, not even professional pastors. It's actually kind of a rare thing. And so today I'm here because God has given me and us a vision of a church that's done slightly differently. And so what we saw was the idea that a church is a place that 
we come together and we experience God's presence and we encourage each other and we are resting in God's presence. And that needs to happen. Our Sunday services and our liturgy and, and things like that, that needs to happen. That's part of what church is. And we also have a vision that church impacts community. That church actually has a real sustainable and felt presence inside the community. And so this is a limb that we're going out on. And, I, and I'm, today's service, I'm welcoming everybody to go out on that limb together with us, where we are going to go and impact this community um, in ways that are just amazing. So I'm here uh, because of that vision, and I'm here to encourage everyone today. To do that, I'm going to read a passage of scripture. Um, you can follow along with my thoughts on these, today's message on your tablet, and uh, there will be thoughts there. And so I'm going to read a little bit further than what's in the tablet, but that's okay. Um, that was, I just decided this morning I was going to read a little further. So John 15 verses 1, and I'm going to actually stop at 11, and the tablet stops at 6. So it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it could bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you could do nothing. If everyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch that withers, and branches are gathered and thrown in the fire and burned. And if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love. So these things I've spoken to you, that you could have joy, and that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So, as Christians... We tend to feel challenge uh, when God calls us to follow him. Different areas, different ways this expresses itself. It expresses itself when we feel like God's telling us to take a new risk. It expresses itself when God's telling us that there's a lifestyle thing that he would like to make better in us. Um, we feel challenged. We feel like, wow, this is going to be a little bit hard, a little bit challenging. We feel like maybe we're going out on a limb that something is going to change in our life and we don't know what it's going to look like. And so sometimes we look at change and go like, okay, I don't know if this is okay. And what I noticed is that the challenges we feel when, when God is doing something, when God is pulling us in a new direction, the challenges we feel are actually challenges that, um, that al allow us to see where else we place our security. For example, Aaliyah placed her security in being about three feet closer to the ground. That's where she would feel more secure than being at about five and a half, six feet. She would have felt more secure at three feet. For me, I may feel more secure in uh, being a student at Tyndale. That was definitely easier than this. And, uh, and so that was a point where I'm feeling some tension. 
And so um, you might be feeling tension as, as God starts leading you. And that's, that's true. One of, the, one of the pieces that we also might feel is as people are here at a new church, there are questions. There are questions like, you know, is, is this a church that's going to work for me? Is this a church that I know that I could come to, that I could be encouraged? Is this a church that, that is going to be a safe place for me to go to? So I want to tell you a couple ideas of Promise Church, and then I'm going to, um, I'm going to keep on talking about how God develops us into maturity. Um, so the purpose, the idea behind Promise Church is actually to build communities. You've heard me say a bunch of times we want to invest in community. As you could tell by our service format, there's a lot of focus on community, on saying, hey, you know, we are here together. Whatever you're going through, whatever experiences you have in your life, good and bad, they're, we want them to be shared. We want them to come together as a community. And so we want to always encourage that. The idea is also built on learning. Learning who this God is that's created the entire world. Learning how God has communicated who he is and understanding more about that. And so what we've done is we've created, hopefully created an environment where learning is something that we can do on a Sunday morning. Uh, That's why we have our tablets. When we look at how people learn, lectures are not the best way for people to learn. Um, interaction is actually a better way to learn. And so the tablets, you'll notice at the bottom of today's message, there's a little insert, I think it'll be there today, um, where you can ask questions. It may or may not be there today, but usually there's a tab where you could say, answer or ask some questions. It looks like it's there. And so you could type in questions because it's as you ask those questions, then... Um, then we could get back to you on that. In today's service, we will not have time for messages um, or for text messages, so I apologize for that. Um, But the idea is around learning. The idea is also the Holy Spirit. So God has come in the person of Jesus, and he has come to be with us. And Jesus, before he left, he said, when I go, I'm going to send my comforter the one who will be with you, and I will be with you always. And so we know that God is with us. The Bible also says where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, God is there in their presence. And so today, God is actually here with us and communicating to us through our conversations, through the Word of God, and through through our own experience of Him. And ultimately, His idea is that we're built up. His idea is that we're encouraged, that we're strengthened, that, we're, that we walk out of church not feeling beat up, but feeling built up, that we walk out of a church experience going like, God is with me this week, and I am going to be able to walk into my week knowing that God is here wherever your work experience is, whatever dramas happen in your life around you, whatever is going on, good and bad, God has promised to be with you, and so we, we want you to be built up here. And so we, we want to beer, build each other up in our conversation and be careful about that. And so these ideas, they've led us here. And they've led us here to celebrate today. And, uh, and so we're super excited about that. So Promise Church for me was a personal risk. It really was going out on a limb. Um, I had a pretty secure job in a church that I really like, still like, um, and, uh, and I was there, and I'd been there for eight years, and, 
And God started building a new idea in my heart. And God started building something in me that I was like, okay. Um, I remember talking with, with John in the early times of talking about Promise Church. And I was like, you know, this, if we do this, this is going to be a lot of work. And we didn't actually even have a name for it. But we're like, this is going to be a lot of work. And both John and I were like, I don't know if we're ready for that much work. Like, this is a lot. And... You know, one of the things that it took was for me to actually leave my secure, cushy job and step out on a limb and and go do a master's degree at Tyndale, which was amazing, but was a huge, you know, financial thing. And it was like, wow, like our family lost an income and uh, Val had to pick up more hours at work. And so she worked her butt off. And I just want to thank you for that, Val. You, like, killed it. In those years that I was in school, you did so much. And uh, I'm just really thankful for that. But it was a risk to us, and we felt it. And it was like, wow, this is not the way that we thought it was going to be. But in that risk, God changed where our senses of security were. In the midst of going out on a limb... God changed where I place security. Valerie and I, in our marriage up to the point where I abandoned my job so recklessly, had prided ourselves in being financially responsible. And by financially responsible, we we were very adamant that we would track every penny where where we spent it. We made sure that our budgets were in line and that we had money going into RSPs, our TFSAs, our RSPs, and um, the kids one. And oh my gosh, we had money going everywhere. And it was like, go, go. And we're just saving it and saving it and doing our best and being as responsible as we can. And that had turned into a place of security for me. For me, I was like, I'm so good with money. This is awesome. I got this. And, uh, and then God just went, no, you know what? You're going to do the most foolish thing in the world, and you're going to quit your job that was paying you, and then you're going to just go and spend money at tuition. This is not smart. This is not a smart idea. But God changed our sense of security. And God was like me in the moment with my daughter going like, it's okay. I, I got you. You're good. And I'm like koala bearing the lamb. I'm just like, I don't know how this is going to work. Maybe this has been an experience with you in your life. Maybe there have been times where you've stepped out on a limb and you've gone, I, I think I want to do something. I think that there's a challenge that I need to take. I think that there's a risk I need to take and it's been terrifying. And I want to tell you that God, when you take those risks with God, that God is that parent at the bottom going, it's okay. It's okay. I got this. I got this. And so that I want to encourage you with today because God is the one holding on to you. God is the one who's saying, I'm not going to let you fall. I've got you. And so God challenges our sense of security. See, in the verse we talked about, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And so what we see is even in that, like as a branch branches out, it literally branches out and it gets its, its life from the vine. And so, when I think of security, and when I think of this God, the the passage I read said that God is a vine dresser. I think of God being sovereign. I think of God as sovereign right there, where he is 
in control. God is the one who's in control, and God is the one who's going to make stuff work. And so he's in control, and he is bringing us along. And so I've observed that, that God is taking control. And the picture of a vine dresser was really cool. If you've ever been at the, at the corner of Culpin and Luxury in Bradford, which is near uh, WH Day, um, there is there are two neighbors, and I swear they've got this competition thing going on because they are like hedge pruners, amazing. Like you could serve a meal on the hedges that they prune so perfectly. Like it's wonderful. And if you go on to um, luxury. The, the gentleman has a, a, a maple tree, and it's on lattices. It's all strung together on lattices, and it's two-dimensional maple leaf. He's actually pruned it to be a two-dimensional maple leaf. And I'm like, this is insane. That person is a vine dresser, and he shapes that tree the exact way that he wants it to shape. And this is what God is willing to do in our lives, to shape things so that they work, but it, it calls us to put our security in God. And it really begs a big question, do I believe that God has humanity's best in mind? Does God really have my best in mind? Can I put my trust in him? And that's, that's a big question. So I've observed a biblical and historical cycle that God uses to help bring us all to maturity in the faith. And we're building the entire church on it. So I'm going to take the next bit, and I'm going to talk about the cycle that, uh, that is actually, it's already going along here, so you're going to see me follow this uh, pattern, but we're going to see it on the, on the screen as well. So the first step in this cycle that God is building us into maturity is promise. Way back a long time ago, 300 years after Jesus, there was a man named Augustine who was very important for the Christian institution, and he made some really astute observations, and he said that God is a primary mover, meaning God goes first. Um, we have absolutely no way to know about God in any way, because I don't know if you've noticed, you can't touch God I can't see God. I can't taste God. That would be weird. Um, I, I sometimes, sometimes I can hear God, but that's because he did something. I can hear him because he made a motion. He spoke. I can't hear God if he's not speaking. So we have no tools by which to access God. And that makes sense because if we actually believe that God is all-powerful and all-knowing and way greater than we are, then we also need to recognize that God is beyond our grasp. And that's where the Enlightenment philosophers went. Enlightenment philosophers started realizing that God, if God exists, God has to be wholly other than us. He is not accessible by us. And therefore, the Enlightenment thinkers got to the conclusion that either God does not exist or God is unknowable. And that's where we got to atheism and deism and agnosticism. Because those things have to be real. What Augustine said is Augustine said, yeah, okay, God can't be touched, but you can actually, he can actually do something. And so the whole entire Bible is about God doing something, God moving it forward. So the way he does it, the way God has done it is in a promise fulfillment motif. What he has done Even in John 15 here, Jesus said, abide in me. And here's the promise. 
If you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. If you abide in me, you will have much life. If you abide in me, you will desire what I ask and it'll be done for you. So Jesus is saying, here's a promise fulfillment. And all throughout the Bible, our next sermon series is actually called Outstanding Promises. And we're going to go through just the way that God has made promises to us and he's been faithful to fulfill them. But when somebody makes a promise, I've got you, I'm going to be there for you. When somebody makes a promise like that, we actually require to respond in trust. That's your choice. You choose. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust the promise that God has it for you? Are you going to trust that this is something that's going to be beneficial? Are you going to trust by the experience of others hundreds and thousands of years before you and also in your community that God is good and does have the best in humanity? Are you going to be able to put your trust in that? And so this is how we test the branch. The, the Bible says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and also prove to be my disciples. When we abide in Jesus and our security rests in the sovereign God who has our best in mind, we're actually able to make moves that trust. and We're able to grow. So from there, we make that decision. We say, I'm going to trust in Jesus and I'm going to do that. I'm going to trust that he, that he is going to make all things right and then I'm going to follow him. If I truly trust something, it actually means that it gets lived out in my life. Following is the evidence of trust. And so our, our trust is exhibited by the fact that we follow in our actions. So there are people in this room who have been following God in promises that he has given you years ago. You've been following through and you've been saying, God, I'm trusting you for this and I'm, and I'm following and it's been years it's been years. And so sometimes that gets really hard where you're just like, okay, what now? I'm just going through the motions. And God says, trust me, continue on, continue following me. And sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes it's hard to follow God. I know that for, for me, it was, it's, it's been it's been a long time of just trusting God that he's going to do some things. And I, I see some people in this room that have walked with me for over 20 years. And you know some of my journey and, and, and some of that length of time of trusting God to say, God, God has given me a promise a long time ago, like when I was 16. And I'll get into that in a minute. When I was 16, God gave me a promise. For you, maybe there are promises where you're just not seeing it yet. And it's led you to the next piece where, where we move to, which is questioning. This is unique. A lot, of, a lot of my experience in Christian church is not allowed for questioning. It's not allowed for me to go, I don't get it. I thought this was supposed to work out. I thought this was all supposed to go nice and easy. I don't, I don't get it. And, and the idea that's been per, uh, perpetuated has been the idea that I am supposed to just have this blind faith that I never question anything and just hope that it just works and I hope against hope and I hope against evidence and I go like what am I supposed to oh I'm not supposed to ask questions God uses questions to further us there was a man called Saint John of the Cross and he wrote something called Dark Night of the Soul sounds really dark but what it is is the basic premise is he gave this image of, here's a, here's a twig box. This is your image of God. 
And your image of God is pretty basic. God loves me. I got to do good things and I get to go to heaven and this is what it is. And you're, and you, you're busy your life and you're doing good things and life is good, but then crap hits the fan. And this picture of God is not big enough. And St. John of the Cross goes, what happens is this picture of God gets shattered into a million pieces. And the seasoning of questioning starts to happen. Where you just start questioning, what do I even believe about this God? How does this even make sense? And, And you question and you go, I don't get it. And God in his faithfulness and through community and through studying the word starts to expand. And St. John of the Cross says, when you come out of your dark night of the soul, your picture of God is this big and it's built out of wood instead of twigs and it's stronger and it's deeper and you're more sure. And so questioning is to be expected. Even Jesus questioned the Son of God, God himself with us, questioned. And he gets into the garden and he knows that his death is impending. And he goes, God, <laughs> Father, is there another way? Can we get through this? Can we redeem humanity a different way? Is there another way? He wasn't, it wasn't rebellion to question. It was simple process. I'm going through this. I'm not just, oh yeah, it's all good. It's all good. No, going through it with our eyes open and having the ability to question is how we get through maturity. And as we come through these questions, we learn that God is faithful and we get to see his promises and we get to see his mission. What is God doing with the world? What is God doing with me? How is God making it better? And we get to start to see God's mission, God's mission to bless humanity. We get to start to see how that string of blessing is being pulled through the longest history of humanity, which is, the, which is recorded in the Bible. It's pulled all the way through that history of humanity, and you see that God is blessing humanity, and that this is where God is leading us. And so the mission is where God calls us on. And so we go through this cycle And maybe you can place yourself on that cycle. Maybe you're in a time where God is promising something great to you. Maybe you're in a time where you're you're feeling that tension and just like, I gotta trust God, or can I trust God? Maybe you're in that time of just, you're in the slog, and you're following. You've been doing it for the the same thing for years because you're trusting that promise, and I wanna encourage the people who are following that God is faithful. Maybe you're entering or have been in a time of questioning and I want to acknowledge that that questioning is good and that questioning is something that will bring you to a greater, picture, a greater picture of God and a greater sense of who he is and what he's doing. And maybe you're at the point where God's going, here's my mission. Here's what I want you to step into. Here's, where you're going to do. here's what you're going to do next because you're going to come alongside me and you're going to start doing the things that I am doing in this world. Jesus said, greater things you're going to do in this world because I go to my Father. And so he's called us to do some pretty great things in our communities and in our world around us. So God has been faithful to me. And I'm going to close with this. You need to know this about me. When I was 16 years old, I had this realization that God was going to do something in my life that was really cool. And that, for me, was a moment of direction. It was a moment of, I'm going to be a minister 
I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to be a person that's going to stand behind a, a podium with a microphone in hand telling people about the love of God. And that's really awesome and cool when you're 16 years old and you're in high school. I went to Huron Heights in Newmarket and it was wonderful and it completely wrecked my high school career because all of a sudden I thought, well, if I'm going to tell people about Jesus, I don't need school. And so I walked around with a Bible large enough to choke a mule and it never left my hand. And I beat people over the head with it, figuratively. But I would just tell people about Jesus and I'd just be in the Bible. Oh my gosh, everybody that went to my school knows that about me. And I still run into people who I went to high school with and they're just like, wow. Because I had this vision that God was going to do something. But over those years, it was hard. I had 10 years of relatively no movement towards that end goal. Nothing. Everything I did kind of fell apart, kind of didn't work. I remember, um, I remember one time when, when I thought, oh, well, I'm doing the right thing, and I was living with, uh, with a couple of buddies, and I'm like, I'm going to go to Tyndale, and I'm going to go to school. It was wonderful. I was going to do it. And I went, and I did it. Funding didn't come through. I was poor, broke. There was nothing to do. I ended up homeless. I was like, God, what the hey? Homeless for 10 days. And finally, somebody from my church community in Newmarket found me a house, gave me a $100 bill and said, I don't know what to do. And the whole time, God's going, you trust me. I was like, seriously, this sucks. But God is faithful. Man, I grew so much in those times. Grew so much in those times. And your story is as valuable as my story. Maybe there are times where, you have, where you've done that as well, where God has done something. And finally, by 26 years old, I was ready to give up. I was like, I'm going to go get a real job because this is crazy. And uh, this is when I coined this story, or this line. And the line is my prayer to God. And this is how I resolve the question. And God, if you want to waste my life, go ahead. It's yours to waste. And God went, it's okay. You can still trust me. Your life is not worth God wasting. God will not waste your life. He will not. And I've learned that again and again and again. God will not waste your life. It is way too valuable. And so I want to encourage you with that because as God took me through that storm, he brought me out on the other end and he has allowed me to see so many people come to know Jesus Christ in an amazing way. He's allowed so much to come into my life. And I know that it's not just because I'm special, because I'm not. I'm just a dude. So I know that it's the same for you, that God will not waste your life. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. We're going to close in a, in a song. And uh, I hope that you're encouraged. I know that you are somewhere on that cycle. And uh, and so that is, that is a blessing um, because God's going to be faithful to carry you through it. Always feel free to ask questions. Always. God, I pray for this congregation and I thank you for Promise Church. I thank you that we have started, that we are underway, that you have a plan for us, you have a promise, and we're trusting you in that and we're following through on the vision that you've given us. And God, I know that right now we're stepping into the following. We're right there and we're going to step into being here every single Sunday and we are excited to see what you're going to do.
We're excited to know that you're the God of ideas and you're the one who's going to see it through. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would be with us in the rest of our celebration as we eat cake out in the, out in the foyer and come back in here and just hang out and get to know people. God, I pray that you would be with us as we come back next Sunday at 1030. God, I pray that you would be with us in our youth programs throughout the week. And I pray that you would be glorified in everything that Promise Church does. And that's it. It's amazing. Amen.